All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, January 24th of 2023 here. Uh, got a seven-game NBA slate on tap tonight. Got an 11-game hockey slate. Should be a fun day. Uh, looking ahead to golf. Golf is teeing off on Wednesday this week and not Thursday. So if you are somebody who is regularly playing PGA, do not miss golf teeing off tomorrow morning. Get those lineups built tonight and uh, keep your eye on news heading into tomorrow morning. Golf projections are now up in the app. A couple people were asking earlier today. Uh, projections are up. Ownership is up. You should be able to log in and see the golf projections in the app now. So just a side note for anybody there uh, playing some PGA. But that being said, uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew, one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in, in the Office Hours channel, in our Discord server, or live in the YouTube chat. We make sure to get to all the questions before the end of the show. If you are not, in the Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend recommend it as always. A lot of good conversation going on in the various channels each and every day. So get in on the action. Get your questions answered. We do this show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can ask any questions you want, and I will do my best to get you guys a good and thoughtful answer. If I can't, I will take it back to the team and make sure I get you one. But that being said, going to get Saberson pulled up here. If anybody has questions, now is a great time to get them in. Uh, just one question here to get us started. Uh, came in from, from Studewood, and I was able to get back to him on this one. I think this is a uh, just a good thing for, for anybody to know here. So question was, I just noted we can sort by rank. We can't sort by rank order, or am I doing something incorrectly? So what Studewood was referring to here, I was able to um, – get with the team and, and figure this one out for him here. So I'm, I'm just going to run a build here. We're going to get some NBA lineups up on the screen, and then we are going to start talking about this uh, here. So let these lineups build, and we will get rocking and rolling. All right, lineups are finishing up here, and we are now in the post build. So when you come into a post build, right, the lineups are sorted by Saber score descending automatically. That is the default sorting method for your lineups. What you will see here is that you have a Saber score value. This uh, in, in a build, the top lineup is always going to be Saber score 100. And then from there, the Saber scores are going to go down 99.7, 99.4, etc. here. So this would be the Saber score value. It is uh, the value that the builder is is assigning to a lineup when it is uh, grading the lineups in the post-build phase. If you are more interested in learning more about Saber Score, you can get a brief definition by hovering over the Saber Score uh, summary statistic, or you can um, go over to our help docs. You go up to the settings, you go over to help. This will take you to support.sabersim.com. You can type in Saber Score in the frequently asked questions search bar and learn a little more about Saber Score if you're interested in it. Uh, that's not what this question was directly referring to, so I feel like it would be a tangent to start talking about it. So I'm going to stay on track here. So what Sudawood is saying is like, hey, you know, when I sort by by Saber Score, the lineups have a rank, but they also have a value. I want to um, 
basically filter or or do some type of lineup pool curation by the rank of the Sabres court. In order to do that, what you would have to do is if you are on the pro plan, you can create custom metrics. So what I did was I went in here, I created a custom metric that I named Sabre score rank. You can make this uh, name, whatever you want. And what I did was from the first drop down, I scrolled all the way down here to line up Sabre score. And then instead of value, which this, you know, 100 is, is already the value that is already being displayed here. I chose rank. What that is going to do is it is going to give each lineup a, uh, score one through however many lineups are in your pool. I have 500 lineups here. So every lineup is going to have a Sabre score rank of from one to 500. And then I just sorted it descending that way. Um, the top Sabre score value lineup has a Sabre score rank of one. And then um, the lowest Sabre score value lineup has a Sabre score rank of 500. The reason for doing this is that, you know, if you, um, if, if, if the ranks of the lineups make more sense to you, then this would be an easier way of sorting or, or doing some type of lineup, uh, curation. Studewood was, uh, doing some, you know, interesting concepts with, uh, Sabre score rank and showdown lineups where he wanted to, see the bottom ranked lineups only. So, so what, what, what the conclusion was is that um, you could come into the filters and then I can now add a filter that says show lineups with Sabre score rank greater than 400 here. So if I wanted to do this, if I said, you know, show me lineups with Sabre score rank greater than 400, what it would do is it would get rid of, all of the ranks from one to three ninety nine, and then now show me the lineups that are four hundred to five hundred only. So it looks like Studewood is is here. Um, Studewood, if if I'm not following you correctly, let me know. But what it sounded like is that you wanted to just be able to see the lineups that were from Saber Score rank three thousand to like four thousand. So so this is exactly how you would do it, right? I would, I would come in here, you know, what I would do is I would create my custom metric, do my Sabre score rank, do greater than, you know, 3000. And then you could do a second filter that says, you know, uh, show lineups with Sabre score rank less than 4000. And then you'd get that range. Right. So, so, so yeah. So I, I responded in the thread with this explanation it was kind of tricky. So I did want to talk about it on the show and uh, allow allow you to ask any questions or or kind of help it make a little more sense. So seems like this is what you were looking for. Uh, glad we were able to figure that out. Shout out to Jordan as well, helping me work through this one. Was a little bit of a tricky one there. But if you guys have any follow-up in regards to that, just let me know. Um, you know, and, and, and that being said, you know, lineup filters are, are a really awesome tool. I would really encourage anybody to, uh, mess around with them, see what they can do. And I think that they are very dynamic and, uh, allow for, you know, kind of applying some maybe like lineup aggregate rules that you would maybe want to use in the pre-build, but instead using it as a post-build filter to try and maintain some of that sanctity of the Sims that we talk about, right? 
let's say you're somebody who cares about, you know, some ownership, right? Instead of going into the home screen and the lineup rules and saying, you know, some ownership must be um, less than, I don't know, 180. Uh, instead of doing that in the pre-build, you could do that now in the post-build, right? Come into the lineup filters, add a filter, say hide lineups where ownership sum is less than or is, is greater than 180, right? So I'm going to get rid of all the lineups where the ownership sum is above that threshold. Uh, seven game slate, that doesn't look like it's a it's a value that, that we're seeing here, but, but now I lowered it to 150, right? So I'm saying hide lineups where my sum ownership is greater than 150. It will find the three lineups that meet that threshold and then automatically move them to the trash. So just a really good tool for any type of bulk filtering, if you guys want to try it in the post-build as opposed to the pre-build. We always um, encourage people to do post-build adjustments where they can. If you can't or, or, or you know, are not getting enough lineups or whatever it may be, you know, then move to the pre-build. But I would I would say, you know, go post-build first, then move to pre-build and, and, and uh, see if you can apply it that way. But uh, good question there. Going to move on. Uh, no more questions in the Discord or the YouTube chat. Now would be a great time for anybody watching to get some questions in here. Uh, we are going to continue with a, uh, I would say, segment that we started yesterday where we are doing like an NBA injury report first look. So now is a, uh, seems like a good time to, to hop over here and do that. Uh, right before I do that, I do see a question here from Patrick. Patrick said, I noticed there's a bet channel on Discord. What's that about? Uh, yes, for those of you who are unaware, we released a uh, NBA prop plan yesterday. It is an add-on that is available to users who are on Saberson Pro. So if you're on Saberson Pro, you should have the ability to add the NBA props as an additional uh, paid feature for you to uh, subscribe to. We are now providing NBA prop bets that we are filtering and uh, providing to users to bet. Yesterday was the first day. Um, you know, should be interesting to see how, how it goes, how many bets we're able to get in a day. Yesterday we got about like four. But uh, yeah, if, you, if you're interested in that, that is the way to access it. Uh, we were really excited about it. Had a lot of success with it last season. Took a while for us to get it out this year. But, um, you know, we don't want to release something before it is ready. So we are really excited about it and hoping to have more success this NBA season. But that is what it is all about, Patrick. All right. Getting back to this injury report. Uh, seven games. Game times are pretty spread out here. Like one game at lock, then two games at this 430 uh, Pacific window, and then one game in one one game starts at five five thirty six and seven so like not a lot of games locking at the same time going to be really important to uh be be aware and be aware of news and be around for um any late swap opportunities right especially when you know all of the games are starting at like multiple different times throughout the night all right so important news here on on the questionable side you know, obviously this Nikola Jokic one stands out big time here. Uh, LaMelo Ball will be important. LeBron James will be important. Uh, Nemhard, mm, like so-so. I, I don't know if Halliburton's still out. Okay, Halliburton is still out, so I guess that now is important. If Nemhard is out, you know, does TJ McConnell start, right? Um, 
TJ McConnell has been very popular off of the bench. Looks like ownership is already uh, reflecting that somewhat here. Haven't been keeping up too much with with the, how the Pacers played over the weekend. So going to have to look into that. So definitely this Nemhart situation slash McConnell because that directly affects him with Halliburton out. Um, this Emmanuel quickly news. Let's see what we got going here. Uh, looks like I'm pretty sure quickly is like the first one off the bench and Grimes is starting, but there's like a little back and forth here. Don't know how important that'll be. Definitely something to watch. Uh, this Denver news, you know, the Najee Marshall, uh, could be interesting, especially if somebody like Dyson Daniel ends up, uh, playing with, with Najee Marshall out, or if, um, you know, Trey Murphy kind of absorbs some of those minutes. So, Will be interesting to see uh, who starts if if Najee Marshall is indeed out. So so just just some things off the top of my head that I'm that I'm probably thinking about, wondering about uh, this DeAndre Ayton news. Another, or I mean, he's he's doubtful, right? But will be interesting to see uh, who plays, right? It's kind of been a revolving door with Biombo, with Landale, and uh, let's go over to Phoenix and see who our available centers are. Yeah, so Biombo, Landale, and will be kind of interesting to see who gets the start there. I know that Dwayne Washington has not been playing very much. Also know that, you know, Dario Saric started last week and then only played like a total of eight minutes. So just continues to be a really strange uh, usage on, on the Phoenix Suns in, in general there. So those are things that I'm looking out for on like the questionable side. And then, you know, just coming in here, seeing who is out. Looks like Marcus Smart is out again. Brogdon is out again. Jalen Brown resting today and Al Horford out. So so probably a lot of Boston uh, value today. We can hop over here and see what the values are on Boston today. Uh, Pre-shard again, Sam Hauser. I don't think he was a big value yesterday, but that is where our value is coming from on the Boston side. What else do we have here? Uh, Michael Porter Jr. out. That's kind of important, especially with this Bones Highland uh, being questionable. You know, it's like if Porter is starting, then probably Bruce Brown is next man up. Yeah, that's what I thought. But Bruce Brown is usually the first man off of the bench, right? So then who now becomes the first man off of the bench? Uh, probably Bones Highland, right? But if Bones Highland is, is out, then, you know, where do those minutes go? So, I think the Bones news gets more important with this Michael Porter Jr. news. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is out. Bruce Brown probably in. And then if Jokic sits, it's like, wow, you know, uh, that, that'll that be really interesting. I know we saw Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter play really well when Jokic was out uh, either either yesterday or, or, or Friday or something like that. So it will be interesting to see what happens with Denver, especially this being kind of like a uh, – a later game, right? You're going to have about half the slate. This will be like the, the midpoint of the slate here with some interesting news there. All right. Uh, Porzingis and Wood out. They've been out. Not Nothing I'm specifically that concerned about. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say those are big, big talking points there. Uh, just some things for you guys to be aware of. You know, this Dammer situation, really interesting, uh, as well as the – Indy situation. Those are like two spots that I'm really, really going to be looking at and trying to see how I want to handle. But looks like some questions have rolled in since we went through that quick 
injury report segment there. Going to get Saberson pulled back up here and get going on some of these questions. Uh, Patrick said, will you guys have something for, for Super Bowl? So the, the prop plan is specifically NBA props. I do not think we are going to have any special um, NFL props for Super Bowl. All right. Uncrabby Cabby said, hey, Andrew, how would you determine the amount of ownership percent that you begin your lineup sort from? Uh, to be honest, Uncrabby Cabby, you know, I just kind of use that some ownership as an example. I think that, you know, let's say I'm, I'm going to use something like projected score instead. If you want to use some ownership, you know, for your own own thing, I think that's fine. Uh, the the way that I like to think about it, you know, th- this is just something that I, I kind of do off the top of my head. Um, I would say like maybe like, you know, filter out the bottom 10% of your pool. So, so you know what, let's, let's just stick with the ownership thing because uh, that's what you asked about. So, you know, let's say, you know, owners, uh, hide lineups with ownership greater than, you know, we did 150, we only had a couple lineups. Let's do 140%. And then you're just going to start chopping lineups off of the bottom, right? I, I think that, you know, this is probably how I would do it. Just because, you know, I want to filter out, you know, the worst lineups in my pool, like quote unquote, right? And, you know, not to say that the lineups are bad, but to say that, you know, this, if, if we're looking at ownership, you know, on a spectrum here, these are the worst lineups on your spectrum, right? Because you might care about some ownership, but somebody else might not. So, so high, some ownership lineups might be bad to you on your spectrum of what makes a good lineup, but not on somebody else's. Right. So I, I think that's where the filters really come into play. You could really uh, dice up and chop up your pool in whatever way is most important to you. Right. So if you care about some ownership in this example, uh, you could chop off a certain percent of your pool that has high sum ownership. And in in this example, you know, I chopped off about, I I was going to stay around like 10 ish percent of the pool. The only thing there is like, you know, you don't want to chop off too much because then now that's going to affect your ability to, you know, get to more men uniques or, or, uh, or like, have more exposure flexibility with minimax exposures. So if you're doing things like this, I would always recommend building the most amount of lineups you can based on whatever plan you're on from the pro plan, you know, build 5,000 lineups, even if you're only playing 20, like that'll just give you more flexibility. And then you can come in here, chop off like the bottom 10% by what, by whatever filter you are applying. And that, uh, you know, stat, or lineup stat is important to you and then go from there and then still have plenty of lineups to work with within those thresholds. So that is, that is how I would, I would think about it. And um, I, I think it's totally okay. You know, I have 73 here, 10% of 500 would be 50. Uh, that's not a hard and fast rule. I I'm okay with that being like plus or minus, you know, some percentage there, but good question. And, and that is how I would think about it. Uh, Patrick said, I don't want to play Biombo or Landale. I can't trust them. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. It is a very interesting uh, usage met- metric there with, with how, and, and, you know, with minutes, with, with who's starting with, you know, does starting even mean anything? It's, it's kind of a weird dynamic. All right. Patrick said, I want to aggregate ownership projections. If I was using several sources, is there a way I can combine them and average them out? Uh, yes, there is. If you are on the pro plan, that is one of the features of the pro plan is to be able to upload custom data, custom projections, and aggregate it in the app. So what I would suggest here 
is, uh, you know, I'm just going to do a, uh, do a demonstration here. So what I can do is, you know, even if you change ownership projections, right, you could just say, you know, I'm going to change these five ownership projections here. I can now save this as a custom ownership set, right? And then I could, I could come into the save button. I can hit save ownership. And then I could just say, uh, Andrew's, uh, adjustments and then hit save here. Now what it's going to do is it will create a new column here. That's Andrew's adjustments for ownership. And then it will, all the players that I changed, it is going to save those values for any player. I did not change. It is going to take the value that was already there and assign it to them. So clearly here, I didn't adjust McConnell. I didn't adjust Dwight Powell. So whatever value was already there is now the value in, in the my ownership column, the Andrews adjustments one. So now that I have the two columns, you're going to see them here under this drop down. That looks like a um, next to the save icon. It's going to say SS slash SS. What that means is that I am using SaberSims projections and I am using SaberSims ownership. If I want to change this to my adjustments, I can, I can click on my ownership uh set that i saved and then it will change that to you know sabers and projections and then andrew's adjustments ownership if i want to average it right i can hit average and it will take the average of the two sets or three sets or four sets or however many sets you have if you want to weight it you can do this weighted average where maybe i i think my ownership is better than saber sims and i'm going to say you know weight my ownership at 75 percent and weight saber sims at 25 percent and then you just have to name it and just say, you know, weighted, and then hit apply. And then now it's going to create a, a new set here, right? And then I would just come into this dropdown and click weighted, and then it will update the my own column with whatever values I am now using. So just so you guys know, whatever is in the my own column is the values that we use when we actually go in and build your lineups. Same for my projection, right? So, uh, so as long as you click the correct drop down here, whether it's, you know, your own adjustments, whether it's Saber Sims, whether it is, you know, a, an average or a weighted average, uh, those, my own values are going to get updated. And then we would use that to actually, uh, determine, you know, what the player's ownership is when we build your lineups, but good question there, Patrick. All right. Follow up. Patrick says, sometimes Sabre doesn't give ownership updates for NBA showdown players will have projections, but not with an updated ownership. For example, in last night's showdown, Xavier Tillman. Uh, I didn't play, you know, the showdowns last night. I'm I'm not really sure. You know, this ownership should update uh, even like as, as, as news comes out and stuff because, you know, for, for main slates, for example, we do not rerun ownership after the slate locks. That is mostly because, you know, up until lock, our ownership is an estimate. And let's say that, you know, for, for the main slate, we have TJ McConnell, um, you know, in this first game of the night, he's projected at 44, about 45% ownership. Let's say that he comes in at um, 35%, for example. And then, you know, let's say news breaks and then Jokic is out. So that that is obviously going to affect the ownership of everybody on Denver, probably of the entire slate, right? Uh, you know, a, a lot of people will flock to the value that opens up 
on the Denver side, but you know, we don't, we, we already have like an estimate. So, so how do I explain this? So now that actual ownerships have come in, it wouldn't really make sense for us to rerun ownership based on our estimated values. The, the long-term solution to that is to use the actual ownership that is now available and rebuild ownership with those values. That is a very challenging problem. And we, we don't want to like continue to give estimates when we already know the ownership is, is different, right? If, if we have McConnell at 45 and he's actually 35, that affects a lot of things, right? That is 10% point guard ownership that has to go somewhere. And if we continue to estimate that, we will probably just, uh, compound the the effect of of the ownership going to the wrong place so if we want to you know rerun denver's ownership post lock we want to do that based on actual ownership that is definitely on our roadmap to build in the future is a very challenging problem um so something that we probably won't have for this nba season hopefully for nba uh hopefully for you know future nba seasons we can uh, work that into the app, but definitely a challenging problem, something we want to build in the future and something that we are very aware of. Uh, but, but getting back to the, to, to the question here, Patrick, you know, if you're doing showdown, the slate doesn't lock until the slate locks. So ownership should update um, prior to the game starting. You know, if you're, if you're doing, if there was a showdown for, you know, Denver and then Jokic is ruled out, or let's say this Lakers Clippers one, right? Uh, let's say LeBron is ruled out, you know, 30 minutes to lock. Although the ownership and everything for all the other slates, for the main slate, for the turbos, for whatever, have already started. Uh, this this contest, this slate has not started. So ownership will rebuild for any slate up until the slate start time. I think that is like the easiest and simplest way to do it. So not really sure what happened last night with the Xavier Tillman issue. Um something I can uh, talk to the team about and see if anybody is playing, if anybody ran into that. Uh, yeah. Reminder here from Patrick PJ main slate locks tomorrow. Yes. We did make an announcement about that at the start of the show. Uh, golf projections are up in the app. They were not up earlier this morning. They are now up. Everything is ready to rock and roll with golf. Get those lineups built uh, before slate lock tomorrow morning. All right. Question here from Danny. Uh, DK basketball. If I make all kinds of changes, including choosing particular stack types and sorting by ownership differently to fill my lineups, will late swap completely disregard that and build and fill how it wants, or does it factor those into the late swap? Okay, good question, Danny. So I'm going to hop over back to the main slate here. So the answer to your question is that it depends where you're doing it at. If you are doing those adjustments, in a, a build screen and you are, you know, changing stack types, uh, doing adjustments to team stacks, you know, player exposures, that is all in this build only. That is relative to this exact build. If you want those inputs to be honored when you do late swap, you have to do it in the home screen. So, so you know, if there are certain stack types that you want a percentage of, or things like that. Go into the home screen, go into the stack type drop down, make those percentage changes. And then whatever changes you make in the home screen, late swap will honor those. That is the way late swap works at the moment. We are working on building out late swap pools. 
Uh, those are in, in a beta form. We're hoping to push those out uh, very, very soon. But for now, the way LadeSwap is set up, set those restrictions in the home screen, and then the builder will honor those when doing late swaps. But good question there, Danny. Um, Patrick said, how difficult is it for Sabre to add new players to the pool for PGA? Um, I don't, I don't think it's very challenging. Uh, I, I will say that, you know, if they are in the DraftKings player pool, then they are in our player pool. Uh, so, you know, if, if DraftKings adds them to the player pool, we will add them. If they are not added, then we will not add them. Uh, Danny said, thank you. That helps. Happy to, uh, help you out there, Danny. Any more questions you got, just let me know. Uncrabby Cabby said, does anything you would do pre-build manipulate the sanctity of the Sims? Technically, yes, it does. But I think it is, you know, okay to do in, in certain instances, especially like if you don't agree with something, you know, let's say that you watch the NBA research video that Jordan and I put out and, uh, you did research and you determined that Peyton Prichard is just not uh, that good of a play and that his projection should be lower. Um, you know, what What I would suggest you do is come in here and lower his projection. Maybe you lower it to like 22 or something. You think that is closer to like his average, you know, outcome in this exact, you know, lineup. Uh, format with with Jalen Brown out with Marcus Smart out with Brogdon out you still think that he is closer to 22 points I would still encourage you to do that in the home screen I think that is a much safer adjustment at that point um you are you know guiding the builder towards the outcomes that you think are actually going to happen you know what we think is Peyton Prichard's range of outcomes is what you see on this, you know, histogram here. And what you are saying is that, you know, I think this entire graph should be lower. So then you are going to help us do that. So, you know, if you lower his points projection by three points, you know, all of his percentiles come down by three points. So his 95th percentile at 39.8 is now 36.8, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with making adjustments in the home screen. Um, what we do try to stay away from is, is rules, you know, rules and adjustments to projections and ownership act a little differently. Um, for, for a rule, for instance, you know, what the way we explained it is that, you know, like these, these, uh, inputs to projections, to ownership, et cetera, go into how a lineup is created. And then what a rule does is a rule is like another uh, stop sign where your lineup is already made. And then the rule is saying, okay, you know, are all of the pieces of this lineup um, able to go through the door basically is, is the way I like to think about it. And if, if there is something, if, you know, too many players on one team or yeah, let's, let's use that as an example. Let's say you have a rule, no more than three players from one team. That won't stop a lineup with more than four players from one team from being built, but that will stop the lineup from going into your pool. So when that lineup gets to, you know, the, the door that allows it to go into your pool of lineups, the bouncer will say like, Hey, you know, you have too many players from one team. You got to go, you know, change. And then the builder will like now have to swap somebody out of that lineup that it 
did not have in that lineup previously just because of the rule, right? So that is why we uh, tend to like advise people to stay away from like those lineup aggregate rules and instead use lineup filters, which is like directly why we added that feature. So that's why I would suggest using the lineup filters before using it as a rule. But if the rule is that important to you and you are not getting enough lineups in the um, post build after filtering, then I would suggest using it as a lineup rule at that point only. But take those steps prior to doing that rule before getting to that conclusion. Uh, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. I'm crappy cabbage, limiting your pool, creating groups, etc. All right. Question from Patrick. How can I benefit by extracting information from popcorn machine to use for my MBA process? Uh, I mean, the way, the way you benefit is, you know, finding, you know, additional information or, or nuggets, even in a small sample size that you think can add value in the short term that, you know, models and uh, projections have not caught onto yet. Uh, trying to find some of those little uh, hidden nuggets, right? So in the, in the video, one thing that we noticed was that, you know, DeMar DeRozan was hurt in the third quarter of the previous game. And we noticed that Zach Levine played literally the entire third quarter and the entire fourth quarter uh, didn't come off the court for one second, right? That was huge because his minute projection was about 36.8. And we thought that he had minute minutes upside where we were like, you know what? He, he is obviously going to play a lot when DeRozan is off. This is the first game with DeRozan off. So maybe he ends up playing more than the minute projection. And he ended up playing like 41 minutes in that game. So our conclusion was right. You know, it wasn't, I think that's the thing with popcorn machine. You know, you're going to find things that are not backed up by copious amounts of data and statistics to back it up. Like, because if it was, then the model would be factoring that in. Right. So you're kind of trying to find things that the model is not seeing or is not seeing yet and uh, work those into your process kind of before other people do. So I think that was a good uh, example of like something you could find, you know, using these tools to uh, give yourself an edge. Cause, and then what I would do is I would make a calculation of what is, you know, Zach Levine's fantasy points per minute. And then I would do, you know, 41.29, which is his projection divided by his minutes, 36.78. And then that would give me like a one point something FPM. And then I would just times that fantasy points per minute by what I am projecting to be his new minutes of, you know, let's say 40. And then now his projection goes up. I'm more likely to get him in my lineups. And that is one way that, you know, you can use popcorn machine uh, to do some additional research. So would highly recommend watching that video for anybody who hasn't watched it. It's over on the YouTube channel. Uh, you could find it in the NBA DFS playlist. So if you go over to playlists, how to beat NBA DFS in 2022 upgrade your NBA DFS process with this NBA research strategy. Uh, the example I just gave was one that Jordan and I walked through and uh, seems like a lot of people have watched the video, gotten a lot of positive feedback and responses from it. You guys can check it out. Come ask any follow-up questions just like Patrick did here on this show. All right. Question from Danny. Does Laceswap build 1500 lineups? If I have only 300 lineups, but uh, built initially? If so, is there a way to sort before filling the late swap lineup? So Danny, the way late swap is at the moment is that, you know, if you have 300 lineups 
that you submitted, we are only going to rebuild each lineup one time. So we are only going to rebuild 300 lineups. Uh, with the upgrades to the late swap pools, you are going to be able to build, you know, 1,500 lineups for the 300 lineups. And we will, um, you know, rebuild each lineup, you know, a set number of times. So you'll have like a parent lineup and then a child lineup with different versions of the original. So that is how it works. Um, we're really looking forward to that feature coming onto the main app. Still some bugs with it. It has been, you know, quite the challenge getting it out, but the team is hopeful to get that out in the very near future here. So when that release comes out, you know, you'll have more lineups to work with. You'll be able to adjust exposures in the post build, min uniques in the post build, etc. You'll have more of those features that you are used to having in the pre-build now in the late swap post build. So should be fun and uh, very useful when that tool gets pushed to the live app. All right, jumping over back to Discord. Question from Phantom. Phantom said, are there any types of contests slash sports where you use projected score over Sabre score? Uh, Phantom, I see you are a uh, pro subscriber. You know, this was a concept that Scott talked about in the latest pro video. Uh, for those of you on the pro plan, you know, we released pro exclusive content and Jordan interviewed Scott uh, Caruso, one of the uh, front end engineers, head of product over here at Sabersim. Uh, you guys also might know him as Mr. Clean, longtime hockey um, community expert. I'll, I'll, I'll call him. So he is our main go-to on all things NHL. But Scott talked a lot about, you know, using projected score over Saber score um, really, you know, got me thinking and uh, definitely some, some food for thought there. Personally, I don't use projected score that often. I usually mostly use Saber score. I like to use percentiles and I will also use some custom metrics for showdowns for um, short slates. Um, I have some of my own metrics that I've been working on. I don't think there's anything wrong with using projected score. Scott offered a lot of good opinions and um, arguments as to why projected score could be a good sorting metric, especially in, you know, smaller sized contests uh, in general, where you don't need to get that different from the field. Or if you are playing a new sport for a first time and are not that familiar with the sport, uh, using projected score is another safe sorting metric. So definitely some pros and cons to using it. I think it's totally okay to use, uh, but haven't used it that often in my own personal process there, Phantom. All right. Uh, that was our last question in the Discord. That was all of the questions in the YouTube chat. Appreciate all of you guys coming on and participating in the show. Uh, you know, Patrick, Danny, and Krabby Cabby, uh, your guys' live questions. Always keep this show going. So uh, we really encourage the live uh, comments and, and questions coming in here. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day and have questions, throw them in the Office Hours channel in the Discord server. That gets us a steady queue of questions to get going while everybody tunes in and uh, gets the DFS questions coming in live. So we'll be right back tomorrow for our Wednesday show. Good luck in all of your contests. Get those golf lineups in before lock tomorrow. And until then, I will see you all. Take care.